Us. Amen. If you don't stop at that table and get one of his CDs, I'll just call you dumb. I was blessed to the bottom of my boots, to the top of my head. How many people thought that was truly amazing? Amen. Next time you come, I'm going to buy you a cowboy hat, man. You're going to be ready, man. You're going to be ready. Amen. That's what I love about our church, man. We embrace anything. And if it's about God, you will be able to tell it. And Brother John is strictly about God. And Todd, thank you and Rachel for hosting him in your home. Uh, Todd uh, called and, and, and talked to me about Brother John. He said, man, I'll take care of all the costs. And I just want him to come and bless our church. So thank you guys for doing that. Amen. <coughs> but we wouldn't be a good church if we let them do it on their own. So after service, we're going to have our men stand at the back door, take up a love offering, and help this cost out today. If you were blessed as I was blessed, please put something in that. Get you a CD. I know I want some. I mean, that was incredible, and thank God for that. Amen. At this time, uh, would you lower our lights, Brother Cooper? We honor our soldiers. Hold on, guys. I had not gave you the cue yet. Brother, hold on, brother. But lower the lights. Raise our side lights, Coop. Our side lights, raise them up all the way. Just stand with me as we honor our soldiers this morning. Go ahead and hit the music. Go ahead, Brother Victor. your hand on his Bible when you swear to tell the truth his name is all our greatest monuments all our money too and when we pledge allegiance there's no doubt where we stand there's no separation we're one nation under him Here in America, he's the one we turn to every time the going gets rough. He is the source of all our strength, the one who watches over us. Here in America, in God we still trust. 
Turn them lights back on, please. Would you be seated real quick? Would you be seated? Stay right there, Brother Larry. Excuse us. If you were here and you served in any branch of our military, would you please stand this morning? Any branch of our military. Amen. Bless you. I would like I would like my favorite soldier, one of my closest and dearest friends, Brother Tim Marcells, to step out here in front of this horse. Brother Tim, would you step down here? One of my heroes. Amen. Tim, would you lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance this morning? Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, and liberty and justice for all. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Larry. Thank you, Brother Tim. Amen. Amen. Cooper, am I on? Can you turn me on? If I'm on, can you turn me up? John, you were a blessing this morning. Amen. Cooper, I'm going to need some wind in my sail, brother. Man, there's no greater sacrifice than giving one's life for our country. Memorial Day allows us to remember our fallen heroes, our loved ones who served, and to pay our respects to the many of those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. God bless each and every one of them. 
when I think about the word help, I think about the American soldier who rush in to help anyone, anytime, in any place. How many know someone or themselves served in the last war that we had? A war in Afghanistan which so many people griped and whined and complained about. I always said, Brother Todd, I'm so glad we're fighting over there and not fighting over here. You know, I saw the pictures come back of our soldiers not only fighting for our freedom, but rebuilding those people's broken lives. I've seen them put houses together and build schools for kids and put running water back together so that someone could have a drink. When I think of the word help, I think of the American soldier. Also, when I think of the word help, I think of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who also gave his life. He never puts too much on us that we can't handle. I was praying and asking God what to preach about today. And he said, tell them I'll never put too much on them that they can't handle. And if they're going through something this morning, if they'll ask for help, I'll help them. I had a horse one time back home in Waco and I was doing a little horse training and had stickers on my truck and people would call me with problem horses and I would ride them. And there's this one guy called me and said, hey, look, if you'll come get this horse, I'll give him to you. He is crazy. He said, I've tried everything I can to ride this thing, but I'm not getting anywhere fast. And if you want him, you can have him. Well, I just figured he was just a bag of bones or an old nag, something that something that wasn't worth anything but I figured well that's how we made a living back then and that's uh, if I could just put a good handle on this horse that that maybe we could sell him or or make him a roping horse and and get him on down the road and so I went and took a look at this horse and he was beautiful I mean how many seen a beautiful horse raise your hand this horse was beautiful. I mean, from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, he had four white socks. He was beautiful, sorrel horse, gorgeous, long mane and tail, good looking. I said, man, I got this. I said, you want to give me this horse? He said, yeah, I can't do anything with it. I've asked people to help me, nobody to help me. But if you want him, you can have him. I said, well, I'll break him. He'll be a good horse. And he said, well, if you want him, take him with you right now. Boy, I loaded him in the trailer. He loaded right up real fire. One day, me and Mary was having a little barbecue in the backyard. We had a little trailer house over there in, in uh, Leroy, Le Lorena, Texas, a little small trailer house And when we first got married. And, and, I, and I had that horse in the backyard, and we was having a little barbecue, and I was out back in some shorts and some flip-flops, and the kids were running around, and I looked over there and noticed that big, beautiful horse standing there and said, you know what, I think I'll ride him today. I'd probably been drinking at that barbecue, too. <laughs> this was B.C. before Christ. So I decided I'd ride him that day, and, and I went and I got my saddle, and, man, he was moving around. I put my saddle on. I was wiping him down, telling him he was going to be all right, and I threw that saddle up there. I, I bitted him up, and, man, I stepped up in the saddle, and I threw my leg over, and I smiled at Mary, and that was the last thing I remember. 
That thing went to bucking and a kicking and a screaming and a shouting. And here we are. Now we're doing it in the middle of the asphalt road. And, and all I had on was a pair of flip-flops. I'm trying to hang on. And this thing slams me right down on the asphalt, right in the middle of the road. Mary had to come and drag me off with one arm. Get off the road. You're going to get hit. He is running after the horse. He done took off. And Mary said, that horse like to kill you. I said, I know. Thanks for letting me know. But I thought it was a fluke because I had them flip-flops on. I thought, well, he got me. I had some flip-flops on. I, I, so I healed up from that little incident out there in the backyard again a few days later with my boots on. Climbed back on that old horse. And I remember Mary saying, have you named him yet? I said, I named him the day he threw me in the road. She said, well, what do you name him? I named him Cain. Cain? She said, yeah. I said, I, I, said, I named him Cain, short for cocaine. Because <laughs> he bucked like he put two lines on a coffee table and snorted them up his nose. <laughs> and he just went plumb crazy on me that day. And I said, my goodness, he got to have a name. And all I, all I could remember is that song, Cocaine. That's the last stars I was singing in my head. I like, <laughs> So I named him Cocaine. I named him Cain, short for cocaine. So I got on him that day, and, man, here we go again. Bam, 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 told me off, hurt me. Bam, I couldn't work for a couple of days. Got on him again. I lunged him for a while. I, I even I even told Mary, drive the truck. I was a smart cowboy. I, I said, you drive the truck. And I sat on the tailgate, and I'd hold him, and she'd drive me down the road. I said, well, we'll get it out of We'll go two or three miles until he's sweating to death. Then I'll ride him back home. We rode two or three miles, and the horse is dripping wet. And I said, I'll see you back at the house. About two hours later, I come walking with him because he done dumped me again. <laughs> What a horse trainer was I, boy. <laughs> I got around Penn. I took him to a friend. Man, everything, everything we tried to do, we just didn't get anywhere with him. And I said, well, I, I can't do anything with me, but he's so pretty. I, if we could just make him, if we could just get him broke, then, then man, we could, we could sell him and make a bunch of money. And I heard of this guy named Nathan York. He was a... Calf, roader, calf roper and a horse trainer. and He was into all that horse whispering, and I wasn't into whispering. I was into yelling. <laughs> so we decided to take him over to Nathan, and I struck a deal with Nathan that day, and he was going to ride the horse for me for 30 days and get a good handle on him. I'd take him from that point. And that night, Nathan came home. His dad was there when we dropped him off at the dropped the horse off at his property, put him in the barn, and his dad looked at the horse's feet and said, that horse is pigeon-toed. And I said, no, I don't think so. I just think he, he needs to be trimmed up. I don't think he's pigeon-toed. And the dad said, no, he's, 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 he's pigeon-toed. And I, and I said, no, I think he just needs to be trimmed up. When two cowboys get together, there's always a bunch of arguing going on. And so I went on about my business. Next thing you know, about 1030, you talk about that phone call in the middle of the night. It was Nathan. When he got off work, his dad showed him the horse and told him that the horse was pigeon-toed, and Nathan agreed with me. He just needed to be trimmed. So they were going to trim the horse, and when he tried to pick the horse's feet up, the horse just danced around, spun around, acted a fool. 
So the old man was about 70 years old, and the son was about 50 years old, and they decided to put a twitch. Anybody know what a twitch is? Anybody have one put on them? Just checking. Well, you put it around the horse's nose, and you twist it up real tight, and you get a good hold on it, and you can pretty much make that horse do whatever they want to whenever you want. So they put this twitch on this horse's nose, and the old man held the horse. He held the horse and, 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 and real good and tight, and Nathan began to go to work on the horse's feet. And all of a sudden, that horse reared up and kicked that guy, that older guy, right in the face. And when he had fell, he was in his 70s, and when he fell, to the, his back of his head popped open on the concrete. They had to call life flight for some help. Help came, and they flew him. They, 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 they didn't even take him to Waco. It was so bad. They flew him all the way to San Antonio because there was a brain surgeon there, a trauma surgeon. And, man, I got the phone call that the horse almost killed my dad, and my dad was on my way to life flight. I said, no. I said, uh, I, I said, what can I do? I, man, I felt terrible. I, you know, I, 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 just, I just felt horrible about that situation. I'll never forget as long as I live. I was on the phone with him. I said, well, I'll come pick him up. He said, no, I agreed to help you. I'm going to help. I said, but Nathan. This horse almost killed your dad. He said, well, I agreed to help you, and I'm going to help you. You know, I was thinking about that this morning, and I told you all that to tell you this. We've all done some ugly things. We've all done some things we're not so proud of. We've all done some things that a lot of people would turn their backs on us for. But thank God Jesus helped us. You know, I was thinking about that, and he'll never put too much on us that we can't handle. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, open your Bible there. That's what we do here, John. We try to get him to bring a Bible. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Got my Bible? you're not there, say, wait on me. Wait on Hurry up. This is one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. It has got me through a lot of stuff that I didn't think I could handle. Nathan's dad, they flew him to San Antonio to a, a brain surgery. Mary, am I telling the truth? This man was 74 years old, and he had to learn how to walk again. He had to learn how to talk again. It took him over a year to recuperate. There were times they didn't even think he was going to make it out of surgery. There's been stuff that's like to kill us. We didn't think that we were going to make it through. But the Lord said, I'll never put too much on you. You can't handle 1 Corinthians 10, 13 backs that up. He says, you have been tempted to sin in any different way. You, you have never been tempted to sin in any different way than other people. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted more than you can tank. But when you are tempted, he will make a way for you to keep from falling to sin. In other words, when you're having a hard time, you can rest assured that God won't let you break. Amen. 
God won't let you have too much that you can't handle. He won't let us subside to trials and tribulations that come our way. There's always, always help available to those who really need it. Nathan called me that night, and I said, I'll be over with my truck and trailer to get that horse in the morning. He said, no, I, I, told, I gave you my word. I'm going to get that horse broke for you. I said, I can't ask you to do that. What I thought I was going to have to pay was a bunch of hospital bills and doctor bills, and I was coming up with all kinds of excuses in my mind. I was like, well, I'm paying them to ride it, not to trim it. They shouldn't have been trimming on that horse. They should have called a horse trainer, a horseshoer. You know, they should have done this. They should have done that. But the man gave me his word. He was going to help me. You know, the Lord gave us his word, too, that he would help us. Boy, this Bible's been a friend. It's been a good friend to me. You've seen the one I break out for Easter, and this is one of my new ones, and I can get the Bible on the internet. I can get the Bible on my phone. I can get the Bible on my iPad. I can get access to help. When I call on the name of the Lord, I call and ask for help. He helps. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, says we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Preplexed, but not despaired. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Boy, I thank God for that this morning. The Bible says, where's our help come from? It says we look our eyes up. It don't come from the mountains. It comes from the one who makes the mountains. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. I love what it says in the Message Bible. It says, I look up to the mountain. Does my strength come from mountains? No, my strength comes from God who made heaven and earth and the mountains. He will not let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep on you. Not all your life. Israel's garden will never doze or sleep. God's your guardian right at your side to protecting you, shielding you from the sunstroke, shielding you from the moonstroke. God guards you from every evil. He guards you from your very life. He guards you and will never leave you nor forsake you. Boy, that's the kind of help you've got when you got Jesus. Who needs that help from time to time, week to week, day after day? Boy, about 30 days later, I, I, I'd check with Nathan several times that week, checking on his dad, telling him if there's anything I could do, you need me to come do anything. No, I got this. I got this. I got this. Boy, I felt so terrible about the whole situation, man. It could have been I mean, anybody. It could have been y'all's horse taking him over there. It just happened to be my horse. I, I just felt so bad about the whole situation. About 30 days goes by, and in that 30 days, I, I meet a guy named Chip. And Chip's looking for a horse. And I said, man, I got one. <laughs> I said, but this thing is, 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 is not all right upstairs. And I, I told Chip the whole story, how, how he almost killed a guy, and he threw me four or five times and hurt me pretty bad. I, but I got him at a trainer, and if, if, if it works out, I'd sell, him, I'd sell you the horse. 
and 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 brother vicar you in here you'd appreciate this story he said uh well i don't have no money but i got an old ford truck i'll trade you <laughs> anything to me at that time looked better than that cane horse i had i said well i'll trade you that ford truck if everything works out so about 30 days later nathan calls and the horse is done i call tip say let's go over there and check it out saddles him up and the horse is good the horse is broke the horse is pretty much solid right now he's loping him out there he's turning him to the left and this is this this kind of funny but it ain't so funny every time he turned the horse to the left he said come on horse that almost killed my daddy go to the left and he said come on go to the right horse that almost killed my daddy stop horse that almost killed my daddy man i felt so terrible i felt so terrible and he told, I told him, I said, well, this is Chip, and he's wanting a horse. You think he's going to hurt him? You think he's going to be all, all from this point? He'll be a good horse. I don't, I don't think there's any more. I said, okay. So Chip got on him, started riding him down the bar ditch. I said, well, good luck to you because I'm not getting on him. I've tried that. You know, there's some things about our lives that nobody trusts, even after the fact even after John got saved, even after I got saved, there are some people that will always second guess that you've really received the help that you need. Vicky's the same way. Mary's the same way. Some of you that really got radically saved, Alto's the same way. There'll be people in our past that will always second guess whether we got saved, whether we got the help we need, whether we're on the right path, whether we're playing games, whether we're not. Chip stepped up on old cocaine, and off they went. And I said, ooh, man, good luck. And, man, that horse did everything Chip asked him for. That horse did everything the right way. I paid Nathan what I owed him. We loaded up the horse in the trailer, and we went back to my place. I said, Chip, what do you think? He said, I love it. I said, I love that Ford truck you got, cowboy. And I'm not a Ford man. I had my fingers crossed. Well, we swapped that day, and that wound up Harry being the best horse around in that part of the country. That horse wound up taking and making that guy a heck of a cowboy, winning lots of saddles and ropings and buckles. He had got the right help. See, when you get the right help, brothers and sisters, and if you call on the Lord, he is the right help. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You know, if there's really a God and you believe that there is really a God and you ask him to help you, let me say this to you. Psalms 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in troubled times. You ain't got no money this morning? God's present in your finances. If your marriage is in trouble, God is your refuge and your strength, a very present help in your marriage if your relationship with other people or the job situation or or a substance a, an addiction psalms 46 1 makes it so clear to us this morning that god is our refuge and our strength and an ever-present help in any trouble let him share in your burdens this morning turn to him today Turn to him for help. 
You know, John 3.16 proved that he loved you. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus said, I come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. How do I get that abundancy, Carl? I ask him to help me. This is my best life, and I'm having it right now. I don't want to wait till next year. I don't want to wait till five years. I ain't got a five-year plan for my best life now. I want my best life now. I'm not stealing that from Joel Osteen. I do want my best life now. And you can have it by calling on Jesus' name. Jesus said, I come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. But if you complain about being broke all the time, you complain about not having anything, you complain about this and complain about that, you will not have an abundant life. Those who have an abundant life take their situation, turn it over to God, and ask him to help them. I had a lady text me the other night and said, Pastor, would you please pray for me? I'm going through. And that was it. About two minutes later, she said, I'm sorry, Pastor, I didn't mean to send that to you. I took it to the altar this morning. I gave it to God. I shouldn't send that to you. I gave it to him. I ain't going to give it back. I said, okay, save me a good night of prayer, I guess. Jesus said, I come that you may have life, and you may have life more abundantly, a complete life full of purpose, John 10, 10. But here's the problem. Man is sinful, and they're separated from God. Our sins keep us away from God. We've all done things, thought things, said bad things, which the Bible calls sin. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The results of sin is death, spiritual separation from God. But the good news is this, BJ, we got help. The good news is that we don't have to be separated, Noyce. The good news is that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. I mean, really saved. Saved from our troubles. Saved from our heartache. Saved from our addiction. Saved from drugs. Saved from alcohol. Saved. Saved. Like that marriage that came in my office. It was saved. When they called on them the Lord, the pastor, the church, the brothers and sisters that pray for me daily. God used all that to save. The help. God sent his son to die for your sins. Jesus died in our place so that we could live in him eternally. God demonstrated his own love towards us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. But it didn't end with the death, brothers and sisters, on the cross. He rose again. Who believes in a risen Savior this morning? He's still alive, Savior, this morning. He's right here in church this morning, kind of Savior. I believe, I believe. Well, that was such a beautiful acapella song.
I really wanted to join you and help you, but I didn't. <laughs> you blessed too, I guess. <laughs> it didn't end with death on the cross. He rose again, and he still lives. Jesus is the only way to God. Would somebody hear me this morning? He talked about being drugged to church. Maybe you were drugged to church and they taught you some other way. I don't care what they taught you. The truth is the truth is the truth is the truth. And the truth is found in the Bible. And you show me in the Bible where they said that there is another way. I want to see it. I haven't found it. It's not in there. It might be in some man-made book, but it's not in a Holy Spirit-filled Bible. There is only one way, and that is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want to ask you one more question. Would you like to receive that help this morning? Would you like to receive God's forgiveness? We can't earn salvation. We are saved by God's grace, and when we have faith in his son Jesus, all you have to do is believe you are a sinner, that Christ died for your sins, and Ask him to forgive you. He knows you. You know that? I ask you to write your name on that boat out there. You walk by that boat. Some of y'all was looking there. There's my name. There's my name. There's my name. Well, let me tell you who else who knows your name. He knows you. He knows your weaknesses. He'll help you with those. He knows your heart. He'll help you with your heart. He knows our shortcomings, and Lord, do we got them. He'll help us with our shortcomings. I thank God today I'm a lot further than I used to be a long time ago. All you have to do is believe you are a sinner, that Christ died for your sins. He knows you, and he loves you. What matters to him is the attitude of your heart, and if you're honest. People say, Brother Mark, I know a guy, he lived all of his life. He was a drunkard, a sinner, uh, chased, chased women, did all kinds of crazy stuff. And about the last week before he died, he accepted Christ into his heart. You think that guy went to heaven? There's no way that guy went to heaven. I said, why? Well, he did all that bad stuff. But, but, if he accepted Jesus Christ, into his heart and was honest listen this is what it says what god's concerned about is the attitude of the heart your honesty if at that time he was sincere in his heart when he called and asked christ to come into it guess what that last week of his life was his best week <laughs> touch three people and say i don't even know if you got a week Don, this needs to be your best week. Church, this needs to be your best week. If you've not prayed and asked Christ to come into your life, we suggest praying the following prayer to accept Christ. Chip accepted that horse, and I accepted that Ford truck. I'd made money off the Ford truck. Vic, I didn't drive it long. Don't you be trying to tell me I drove Ford. I didn't drive it long. I sold it to the first sucker that come along. 
<laughs> you drive a Ford, good luck. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I sold that truck, and Chip took that horse that got the help and became the cowboy, won the stuff he was intending to win. With the right help, you can become a winner too today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I need your help. If you're here today and you've never prayed and asked Christ into your heart, Lord Jesus Christ, is the only way. If you want to pray and ask Christ to come into your heart and mean it, you need to pray something like this with me right now. Just say, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life, Lord. I ask you for your forgiveness. And now I turn from the sins and the sinful way I was living. What I know to be wrong with you, Lord, I want to make right in my life. If I know it to be wrong, Lord, the Bible says that it's wrong. I want to be right in that area of my life. Pray this with me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and setting me free of my sin. Please come into my life and save me. I want to live with you in heaven forevermore. If you prayed that with me this morning. You just gave your life to the Lord. God bless you. I won't ask you to raise your hand. You know if you did. But I will tell you this. The Bible says if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. So if you feel like slipping your hand up right now and saying, Preacher, I prayed the prayer of salvation. Ask Christ into my life this morning. Ask him to forgive me of my sins. Raise your hand. Let me see. There's one, two, three. Four, five. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You just took your first big bold step. Lord, I thank you for this Sunday. Thank you for these that got saved. If you're here today and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, we talked about second chances. Ask God to give you a second chance. He surely will. Old cocaine, old cane, he'd have stayed with me. He'd have winded up glue. But we cried for help, and somebody got to help him. If you're here today and you need that help, just call on Jesus. Ask him for a second chance. Say, Lord, I need a second chance. If you prayed that, he'd just give it to you right now. Simple as that. In Jesus' name, bless this service. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen.